songs and let's get dressed. It's Somewhat Happy Hour with Josh Vest. You're listening to the Somewhat Happy Hour with me, Josh Vest. Today's episode is part of my Pacific Islander, Asian American Heritage, and Asian Artist series. I was first introduced to today's guest when I saw him perform in December of 2018 at the Kennedy Center in a performance of Miss Saigon, where, where I saw him playing the engineer. Today, I welcome Mr. Amar Cabling. Hi, Amar. Hi. Hi. How, how are you? How's, how's everything going? I'm good. Glad to be here. Weather has been great. Um, I can't complain. Uh, life has been difficult as of uh, late. Um but uh, it's with everything happening, uh, sure. with every, pretty much everything. Yeah. But it's, and I'm glad to be talking to you about Asian American history, uh, representation, diversity, inclusion, Miss Saigon, all of the things about being a Filipino American performer, anything you need to know. Yes. I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, thank you. So, uh, my my show's called the Somewhat Happy Hour, so uh, because it's such a special occasion, I, I brought out a, a nice little glass of wine. So. Uh, I cheers, cheers to you, and uh, cheers to a great conversation. Yeah, me too. Me and my yeah. Jack and Coke. I love it. Okay, good. <clears throat> um, so before we dive into uh, the world of um, theater and Miss Saigon and your experiences and all of that stuff, uh, can you uh, give us a little bit of an introduction as to who you are and uh, where you're from and all that, all that jazz? Yes, I was born, uh, my name is Amart Cabling. I was born in Silver Spring, Maryland at Holy Cross Hospital, born and raised in Maryland. I actually live and reside in my birthplace, my childhood home. I've never moved. Um, I went to uh, high school and elementary school all in Maryland. I uh, studied musical theater at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh and from the, from graduating from there, I uh, performed in uh, Miss Saigon, the first non-equity national tour in 2002. And I have been doing various productions such as Miss Saigon, King and I, Allegiance, um, Charlie Brown, uh, uh, and, and various others um, uh, <laughs> since I graduated. From uh, I, I just want to, you know, bow down to you uh, about going to Carnegie Mellon. So, uh, you know, as a, a, a big uh, – I studied at George Mason University here in Northern Virginia. Um, and as a theater teacher myself, uh, you know, just hearing those words are just – so I, I bow down to you as someone who's oh, Carnegie, Carnegie Mellon. <laughs> um, thank, thank you. Yeah, I mean that's such a uh, I it's such an honor to have someone on the show that has gone to such a, a wonderful and one of the best programs uh in uh in my opinion in the world. Uh and so uh um, it just I'm I'm just uh, I'm fanning over here. Uh not to mention oh I I saw you in the show twice. Uh once was by I guess it, you had cuz I know you were the alternate in the tour, uh the 2018 tour. Um I don't know uh, how these individuals, if they were related to you, if they were just friends of yours, but they were sitting in the room in front of um, in front of me, and they were talking about how they knew who you were, and they came in to see you, and I was like, oh, I wonder who who this is, and then um, I I hopped on on the uh, on my phone before the show started and looked up. I was like, wow, he's he's from Maryland. That's that's so cool, and he's performing here at the at the Kennedy Center. Um, and then I came back. I brought my mother. 
who is known of the show forever. She's um, she was born in the Philippines, born in Manila. Uh, and we, I said, Hey, this is show. I, uh, as, as someone who studies theater, this is a show I know with a lot of, uh, Filipino actors tend to do this show, Lisa Wanga and so many other greats have, have been a part of this show. And so we came to see it and, uh, you happened to be performing again that evening when I saw it again. And I thought, wow. Uh, and, um, I, I, we actually met very briefly. It's okay that you don't remember. It's fine. Uh, at the stage show, it was very brief because I was like, hi. And then boom, uh, I had to drive back to, to Fairfax. Uh, so, But it was a very brief, like, hello. Uh, I loved the show. So um, just to, re, uh, to tell you once again, uh, I loved the show. I loved your performance so much that I, I got so lucky to see it. So you do it twice. Um, and I... I, I I, w- I can't wait to see it again. If you ever get to do the show again, I, I hope to see you in that show again or anything you do. I just love to, to to get to see you perform again. The energy you have was, I had a smile on my face every moment you walked on the stage and it was just, it was a beautiful performance and you're uh, a wonderful performer. So I just want to start by saying that so I can get all that out of the way before we get into the questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, great, great. And, and it is actually, very fortunate you were able to do that because I don't know when I'm going on. Um, so when my dates are assigned to play the engineer, they are assigned um, pretty much uh, in accordance to the the full-time engineer and whenever he wants to take a vacation or he wants to take a, a show off. So they're very random and they mm-hmm. do not fall on a specific like routine oh, weekly schedule. Wow. So for you to catch me two times – I thought that was, yeah, it, it was amazing. It was one, one of them was in, uh, I know the second time was in early January. It was towards the end of your run at the Kennedy yeah. Center. And I think the other one was, it was about a week or so before. So I, I saw them about a week apart. Um, but I, I just don't remember the dates. I just know that I got lucky to see you twice. Uh, in, well, it was in, the first time your mom saw Miss Saigon. It was. She, she had, uh, she, she had never seen it. I, I had, as a young kid, I, I have been playing that album, uh, you know, having her listen to it. And I was like, this show, this is the show I've been playing for years. You got to come see it with me. Um, and she, we couldn't uh, just, we were crying the whole time and seeing, uh, she kept saying, I love seeing this representation on stage. This is not like something you can go see very often. And, and here it is. And it meant the world to her and and to me. And it's just something that, we now have this bond over this very special show. And, and so I, I thank you for that. And I think um, Miss Saigon is just, it's one of my favorites. Uh, and so, but thank you for those, 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 those magical memories I've made with my mother while watching that show. We talk about it all the time. Uh, it was such that. a beautiful show. That. Was this the first time you saw the production as well? A live production? Um, yes, a live production. Yeah. I've seen a few, um, uh, I, I actually, someone, I don't know if they gave it to me or if I, how I watched it, but it was the, uh, production that was filmed in the Philippines. I think it was the Philippines with, uh, Lisa Salonga was in that one and Will Chase. Um, I saw that one, uh, when I was very young. Uh, and that was my, my reference to Miss Saigon. That's who I knew about Miss Saigon and then clips from the original, uh, but um, that was the first time I loved it so much. I had to see it again. And uh, if I, if I hadn't caught you all before the end of the run, I would have seen it over and over and over again. 
but yeah, I really, yeah, show. that's so great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Yes, so, it is. so I want to start by talking about growing up in a Filipino household. Um, can you share just, you know, I, I, I grew up in a, I'm half Filipino, half American. So I got a mix of everything, but I'm very close to, with my mother's side of the family. Um, but I would just like to hear just, you know, well, growing up in a Filipino household, how was that, you know, what, what you may assume is different from growing up in the American household or um, it just the, <laughs> the, the world of the uh, a Filipino household is unlike anything uh, I can explain to anyone. So uh, if you could, I would be honored if you would explain just, or not explain, but just share, share that. Yes. If for those of you who have never been to a Filipino household, um, if it is a traditional Filipino household, you will walk in to see statues of Jesus and his mother, Mary, and ca- Roman Catholic memorabilia and statues and rosaries everywhere. Maybe there's a shrine in a corner of the room where you will see um, where most prayer meetings are held and prayers to the rosary. I grew up praying the rosary for the first 20 years of my life. Um uh, there would be months where, uh, my mom would say, uh, Papa Joss is coming. And I'm like, well, who, why, well, who's coming? So a Filipino family who had the Jesus statue at the moment would deliver it to the house. And we would hold the, uh, we would have food, pancit, lumpia, all the Filipino foods. And we would have a get together and everyone, everybody would come over and we would welcome Jesus into our home and we, he would be at our home for a month until we had to transport Jesus to the next home. Um, that's how I grew up uh, religiously. Um, culturally, I will say I grew up with all of the Filipino foods you can imagine. And the most common being adobo, which most Americans, Western uh, uh, folks know is the chicken with vinegar and soy sauce. But there's a plethora of Filipino food, uh, pancit palabok, um, sirigang, pinakbet, mongo, there's um, uh, michado, there's so many Filipino foods other than adobo um, <laughs> that, that exist and are so delicious. And I grew up with that steaming in my house every day. My grandmother would cook Filipino food. My mom would cook. My, grum- my grandmother did, my lola did most of the cooking. Um, but as my mom and dad went to work every day and I was pretty much raised by my grandmother, mm-hmm. which I think most Filipino families have been raised that way with the Lola and the Lolo raising the, the grandchildren. Um, traditionally, mm-hmm. um, let's see, culturally, food, cuisine, religiously, um, Maryland, this part of Maryland is Montgomery County. Uh, there is not a large Filipino population here in Gaithersburg, but there is in Oxon Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, so my parents in 1979 found a, plot of, a house that they wanted here in Gaithersburg. So I didn't have a lot of Filipinos around me. The only Filipinos that came were my families, my mom's friends, and whoever came to the house. Um, it's not like I could go outside to the playground and play with other Filipinos I was very isolated from the Filipino community. Unless we went to Oxon Hill, um, we would see more Filipinos. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
that. Let's see. Oh, language. Language. I grew up as the curious kid who wanted to know. I wanted to immerse myself in language. I love language and the power of language. And so when my mom said things in Tagalog, I would say, what does that mean? What does that mean? And as she spoke Tagalog fluently to everybody in the house, I learned. So I speak more Tagalog than than you would think. Um, enough to get by. But if I go to the Philippines and speak Tagalog, I'm made fun of. But it's okay, because at least I'm trying. Um, mm. But I speak a lot of Tagalog as well. I can understand more than I speak. Um, but being raised with Tagalog being spoke around the house uh, was is a gift that I that I find eternally. I'm eternally grateful to uh, to know words and to know when other Filipino families are talking about other Filipino families. <laughs> to know the gossip around the restaurants and right. actually understand what's happening on the Filipino channel. Yes, so I, uh, I love that. I, I remember watching the Filipino channel with my with my grandmother uh, growing up, and I, I don't speak Tagalog at all. I wish I picked that up. Um, it's still a goal of mine is to pick that up. Uh, yeah, but, never too late. You can still do it. Yep. Right. Uh, I I can just remember watching those uh, the Filipino uh, soap operas and the the game shows, which honestly those game shows look a lot more fun there than they do with any of the games we have here. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with them, but there was one. Oh, I think it was called uh, Wawa Wee. I think is what it was called. It was a big yeah. game show. I was. I remember going to visit family, and we that's we would sit around and watch that for hours. Uh, it was yes. the most entertaining thing. Uh, but uh, so as I said, I come from a mixed family. So when I would go visit my aunts and my uncles uh, and other relatives, it was. All, they all lived in the uh, Northern Virginia, Fairfax, Springfield, D.C. area, which uh, is a very big uh, Filipino community. Uh, and so that was where I would get to go. And those, you know, you describing when you walk into the house and seeing the 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 crosses and the crucifix, uh, 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 all this was so spot on. It's just like, oh, wow, I'm reliving everything from my uh, from from when I would go visit this family. Um, and you touched it on a red. Uh, but you know, the Filipino food is not one. I wish it was one that was more, you would see more restaurants and more, uh, uh, places to get that. But again, going, growing up and going to see family, I always got, uh, that. And then, um, a few Filipino restaurants here and there. When I was in college, I tend, uh, I would tend to find them, uh, in Fairfax or the Northern Virginia area. Um, and I always found, I don't know about you, but any of them that were a store that would have a little white table, uh, the plastic table and the just chairs around in the very back, I always found that was the best uh, food, better than if I went to an actual restaurant, but where they were cooking it there was always just amazing. Uh, and so yeah. um, do you have a favorite? Do you have like a favorite dish that you love to make? You love, you'll eat it no matter what, you know, when or anything like that? Uh, so uh, uh, Filipino food is co uh, very consistent of meat. Uh, so I love all kinds. I, I, it's hard to say which one's my favorite, but the thing that I probably would devour, especially if I make it myself, is michado and picadillo. Mm -hmm. And picadillo is ground beef with potatoes and simmered in garlic and onions, and it's sautéed. Um, and it's the potatoes are 
are cooked just right, not too soft, and just ground beef and potatoes. Uh, Machado is like beef cubes with potatoes and red peppers and and a, and a sauce, especially bought by Mamacita's powder mix um, from. Uh, you, you, do you have those mixes at home? I, I, I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I I love just hearty, uh, very stewy um, Filipino food. So like Machado and uh, mm-hmm. and peanut bet and yeah things. Things like that. I, I love it. I'm a big uh, sinigang person of all, you know, I know there's different, different, uh, different ones you can make. I grew up, you know, it would just depend on what we had in the house. Was it going to be beef, chicken, or are we going to make it fish or are we going to make it something else that I haven't had? But um, I, I could eat that honestly every day. Uh, it's, it's just my favorite. It's one, when I say it, people are like, I don't know what that is. And I don't, really try to describe it very much because they're just like, oh, so like it's a soup. It's like, no, you're you're missing it. It's it's a little bit of this, a little of that, but that's uh that's that that has hands down, that's my favorite. Uh yeah, and, and sometimes I find myself craving sinigang because mm-hmm. because other foods are maybe more on the salty side. Uh sinigang is has salt but has the tart from the um I forgot yeah. what 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 uh in main ingredient. Mm-hmm. Tamarind tamarind yeah and it it just it just affects every taste bud um <laughs> you can get some salt you can get sweet you can get the tart and sour everywhere so i like I just, mine very sour uh yeah the, the older i get the more i'm like oh i want it more like this give me something so i can make it really sour uh what i wasn't like that but but now whenever i have it or make it or it, it, it's sour 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 okay uh, just I don't know why, couldn't tell you, but I think it's because it's so different than anything. Uh, so it's just you know, it just it's just it's a favorite. I'd have to make that one day this week. Or, or What's amazing about Filipino uh, cuisine too is that you could actually enhance it to your liking. It's not just like it's not just a formulated recipe. Your mom doesn't make adobo like my mom, right. or it's so different. Every family has just something that reminds you of your childhood and yeah. you can yeah you can add ingredients to your liking exactly Straight. and that's Straight. that's so true is you know no matter what the dish is even if someone else makes it you're going to go to this party and it's not going to be like anything you know and it turns out you're going to like that one better than the one you may get at home and so it's just a whole lot of conflict there um <laughs> yes I, yes I, I, my I, family I, would comment <laughs> Yeah, who I liked hers, but can you make it like that? Or it's not the same when you tried to make it, so it's yeah. fine. I'll wait to the next family gathering to uh, to eat that again. Um, so I want to transition yeah. now to to the world of theater, yeah. and and when that became a, a part of uh, your life performing. Um, so when when was do you remember your first performance, or what even got you to go uh, into acting, singing, and, and dancing and that world? Yes, I do remember the exact moment. Um, I was in high school and I was uh, ingrained in my mind from my parents was to become either a doctor or an engineer. There's the family joke and the an electrical engineer. But uh, I was in high school and I was a straight A student. And from elementary school all the way to high school, I got good grades. I did my homework, but I didn't have a social life. I didn't talk to anybody. I honestly went to the basement freshman, the freshman locker room 
and did my homework every day after school. And I waited for my parents to pick me up. I was so shy. And I think now that we're talking about like Asian American Pacific Islander, now that we're in this month, I've mm-hmm. been thinking a lot about how I was raised and how I saw myself in society and being one of the only Filipinos in school, like just brown skin and ne- nobody knowing what I was, what lunch I was bringing to school. I felt mm-hmm. very isolated. So I felt like I, I, I didn't fit in um, and I was too scared to, to interact and socialize with anybody. And it wasn't until uh, a wonderful teacher, in high school told me to audition for the high school musical and I did and I didn't get it. <laughs> so I continued playing soccer. So for the next musical in sophomore year of high school, I auditioned for the musical Mac and Mabel. It was my first show ever. It's a good show, very heartfelt and loving. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got into the show and in high school, I started dancing and singing my way into the theater world. I was the loudest kid in the back who was like, who's not blending in and who's building? <laughs> and I just started to, uh, my friends say, come out of my shell. And whatever that shell was um, brought me into the, the industry that we love so much. Um, and I, I couldn't see myself any other place than on stage. Um, and it wasn't until... A good friend of mine told me to audition for Carnegie Mellon and attend their pre-college drama program. And I, I, it's a mixture of skill and luck because I was lucky and I got a big envelope saying you're accepted into the mm-hmm. school of musical theater. So, um, it's, 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 I feel very fortunate to have had that path. Uh, so I started theater in high school because I didn't want to be shy anymore. Nice. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it's, it's, I, it, finding more actors and the more actors I get to know, it's hearing how many of them grew up as a very shy individual, very uh, introverted uh, people. And which is funny because I, I am a, uh, I'm an introverted extrovert. I'm a teacher, so I can't really be super introverted. Um, but uh, as an actor, I've always found that way. Of, oh, okay. So I don't have to, uh, you know, uh, do this in my real life so I can be this other person. Here we go. And then after it's like, okay, I'm going to go back to my little shell and it's kind of nice, but I'm ready to break out of it, uh, at any given time. Um, so you said earlier you graduated from college and then you went right into the non-equity tour. How long, uh, of a gap was there, uh, uh, Miss Saigon between what you graduate, your graduation and, uh, booking the show. I graduated and then uh, most of my friends moved to LA and New York and I went a different direction and decided to just go home and take a break. <laughs> so a good friend of mine said, uh, said there's a posting for a non-equity tour audition for Miss Saigon. I think you're perfect for it. You should go. I took an Amtrak train up to New York city, three months. Uh, I would say not three months, um, a month after graduation. Um, that would be May. Uh, yeah. So in June, uh, I w- took a train up to New York and auditioned for this production of Miss Saigon. Uh, I didn't think I was going to get, I mean, I auditioned, I think it went well. And as I took the train back to Maryland, I got a phone call saying, we need you to come back up in three days. 
So I, I took another Amtrak train. I think it might have been Amtrak or a Chinatown bus because my mom said, let's go cheaper. So mm-hmm. Chinatown bus. Is <laughs> um, and so I went back up and I danced because the first audition was singing. Um, and three days later was dancing. And then uh, three days later was a call on a Sunday um, saying you booked the national, you got the tour. Um, so I would That's say a month after. Yeah, a month after graduation, quick. It was quick. My whole life changed in in a month after graduation. Yeah, I honestly didn't see it coming. I didn't. (laughs) And and uh, who did you play in that toy? Were you in the ensemble, or were you uh, the engineer? Were you two? Who who did you play in in this tour? Right, I was understudy engineer. Um, I was in the ensemble and understudy engineer which is basically what I did two years ago. So mm-hmm. it was weird because everything that I was doing on the tour that you saw was what I did way back ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. how many uh, um, production have uh, different productions have you been in of Miss Saigon? You, your jaw might drop here. You ready for it? 12. Wow. And, and I say 12 because actually one production was two completely different casts. Okay. So I kind of add another one. So 11, if you were being technical mm-hmm. and 12, if, uh, if, if you're being specific, did you play two different parts in those productions in the different casts in the or? different cast? I have played every male role in Miss Saigon, nice. except for Chris, John and the club owner. Okay. Okay. Um, yes. And uh, how, how many times, if you could guess, have you played the engineer? If you could give me a number. Oh, from, you mean like, specific performances? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm I estimated the other mo- a few months ago. I estimated this number, and I might be coming up on um, a thou of eight hundred to nine hundred performances of of the engineer. Um, incredible. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm tooting my own horn. Eight, a thousand performances of Miss Saigon. Oh, I would say 300 of, of still equally as incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Thank thank you. Um, So you, you've been in Miss Saigon with numerous productions. Um, you've done some other productions. I was doing some, some research earlier and I saw that you've worked a little bit, uh, in Maryland, um, at the theater in in is it Bethesda? Is that where that theater is in Bethesda, Maryland? The only, old, oh, yeah, only, mm-hmm. only. It's it's weird to pronounce. It's some yeah. people say only, only theater, but it's a uh, it's about twenty minutes uh, north of here. Um, on your way to Aspen Hill or Oxen Hill, yeah, like, yeah. But it's called the Only Theater. It's a wonderful theater. I've done two productions there: The King and I, and um, Once on This Island. Um, and, and I, that was the first, I was so grateful for that production. It's actually one of my favorites because I got to work from home and I got to be home and in an industry that sends you everywhere around the the globe, uh, you kind of, I, I kind of jumped out the opportunity to perform at home and it was the best thing, uh, that's ever happened to me was to just be home and to be home with my family. Right. And I know that, uh, Theater is—it's finally it looks like we're seeing 
more and more uh, come back in in the coming months, which is so exciting. Um, d- would you uh, consider working in the DC area? Because I know the DC the DC theater community is a very very nice area. Uh, I've been very lucky to know a lot of people that work in the DC, all those DC theaters. All my professors were performers constantly in shows here. So, would you ever do a show out in the in the DC area? In a heartbeat. That's been my lifelong dream. Um, please forward my name to your friends because <laughs> because we're I'm definitely looking for work, and especially local actors would. Mm-hmm. Um, would would die at the opportunity to, to work close to home right um, without having to travel all the way to either new york or yeah or, or tour but um i did work besides olney i worked at the kennedy center with a children's production about a year before miss saigon and it was a very f- fun to to go around the old um like the old playground and and be in a production that involved uh, jane goodall um, she, she had a musical written about her and it was a children's show that we performed for schools that visited, um, the Kennedy center. And just every time I got to work close to home, I even did an, a, a community theater production at the Kensington, Kensington arts theater okay, uh, when yeah. I was equity and I could do community theater for free. So mm-hmm. I did a Vietnam war musical called one red flower ages ago. Um, and so anytime an opportunity comes up to work locally, I will jump on it. Yes. I, I really hope to see you in, in DC theater. Uh, cause I'm sure that will make its comeback as it looks like a lot of stuff is starting up in September. Um, so hopefully, you know, DC theater, cause you know, there's so that's one great thing about living in this area is there's so many, uh, companies in, in DC, uh, and so many different shows that come in and out uh, with these companies, different varieties of styles. So it's it's just I hope and pray I get to see you in something uh, local in, in DC. Um, that would just be thank you so much. Better. Yeah. Um, now with that, before we go back into working closer to home, uh, I know the tour of Miss Saigon was cut short. Um, what, how 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 much longer of the tour did you all have when it was uh, when the the pandemic began? Three more wonderful months in um, in in wonderful cities like mm-hmm. Orlando, Florida, and close to Boston, and in Toronto. Um, we had three more months to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can I ask you about that day? Do you mind talking about the the day when you got the news? Not at all. I I we were the last tour to be performing. Uh, I, I don't know if you yeah, know. I remember that because I knew of all these other shows. I was seeing it all on social media. Such and such show has decided to close this clo- this show. But they weren't closing. They were all, at this point, everything was going into the, oh, this is going to be a few weeks. But I remember Miss Saigon being the only one that was still going and then seeing the instead of, uh, you know, oh, we're gonna, we'll be back in a month or so. It was this show has been uh, played its final performance. And I, you know, I saw the show twice. I, I, I was obviously, you know, I, I had that connection, but I couldn't imagine what it was like for all the performers and the crew and everyone hearing the show has, uh, we're done uh, so unexpectedly. Uh, so what, what was that day like? Did you have a show and they let you know, or were you going, was it like a day, a day off? Was it a travel day? 
on, on March 15th, 2020, March 15th, we performed our final evening performance at uh, Fort Myers, Florida. And without getting politics into it, that's why I think we kept going is because the producers of the theater at Fort Myers kept us going. Um, and the audiences slowly diminished. So we noticed that audience members were not coming to the show and uh, social media was saying, why isn't Miss Saigon closed yet? The cast members were wondering, why haven't we been given a notice? I think management and the producers were, as all of us were, scrambling to figure out what to do. And um, on March 15th, we performed our last performance. Uh, we were told by company management to then either uh, we would be put on a temporary leave um, for at least two weeks to figure out what's happening. So I decided to take my Airbnb in Atlanta, which was our next venue, um, and I just stayed in Atlanta in my Airbnb across the street from the theater where we were supposed to be at, the Fox mm. Theater of Atlanta. And as we were all waiting on pins and needles to hear the outcome, the general manager sent us all an email saying a, uh, a Zoom meeting is going to occur. And we're like, what's Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's Zoom? Um, we're going to have a full cast meeting on, on, I think it was Friday or Thursday, March 19th. Four days later, I was in Atlanta and, uh, and all the other cast members had gone back to their homes or different places to have a week, a two week vacation. So wherever they were, we were, we assembled on zoom and on March 19th or we were uh, in the afternoon, the general manager said, it's done. We're done. Um, I, I stared at that screen and um, there were a lot of tears in this, it, not it, it, on the cubes of Zoom. There were a lot of tears being shed, but I, uh, I personally had just suffered probably one of the biggest uh, lifetime life milestones in my life. My mother uh, had passed away about two months before on January 23rd. So I was in a mental state of world, what else you got for me? Like, bring it. Um, so I was watching that screen going, all right, now I need to focus my energy on the stuff I need to take care of at home. So as I watched the screen and we were told we were out of a job and Miss Saigon was over and thank you for all your hard work, my mind was in a trance. I was just, mm -hmm. so the Zoom call ended and then I uh, told my wife, let's, let's drive up to Maryland and start start getting to work on what we need to take care of in our personal life. Mm -hmm. um, so it, was, it was really hard. Um, it, was, it was really strange, surreal for me. Um, but uh, for other cast members as well, it was, it was their first tour ever for some of them and some of them it was the uh they had so much fun on the show and the crew and the cast and the company managers were looking forward to the next cities that we were going to there was so much anticipation and just to have it all end we're still waiting for a big cast party by the way we're, like we're waiting that when all of this is over and vaccination happens and we all can convene again 
uh, we're all the entire company still waiting for that big last hurrah mm-hmm. where we meet up at a bar or a restaurant and just express how much we love each other, how much we miss each other and how we were kind of cut short from, uh, yeah, we were kind of cheated out of the goodbye. Yeah. So none good. of the, yeah, we could, we couldn't say goodbye to anybody properly. So when the show, when you got the notice, were you allowed to go and get your personal items from the buildings or was it very much, you? that's it? Believe it or not, they were sent by FedEx to us three months later. Oh. The company, there's, the, the company had to contact us each individually and ask us where they wanted to send, where we wanted our stuff to be sent. So three months, it took three months. It's a very laborious process. Sure. And they were like asking everybody where to send our, our personal belongings to. And they arrived at my front door by FedEx. Wow. All, everyone, every, a company of about hundred people had yeah. stuff sent back to their homes. Wow. Um, that's crazy. It's just so crazy to think one, it's been over a year since all of this has started, but two, how many people, uh, you know, were performing and then getting that notice. Oh, by the way, this is the end of the show. Um, yeah, my heart was broken and I, I can't wait for things to start coming back. Uh, on, do you think there's a chance at all of Miss Saigon starting another tour? Is that a thing? Could that be a thing? I'm glad you asked this question because at this, I, I've been thinking about writing a mem- memoir called The Death of Miss Saigon. And let me explain why. Uh, and some people may uh, get mad at me for saying this, but uh, Miss Saigon is a controversial show and controversy has surrounded the show from its inception. Uh, controversy has gone from things like Jonathan Price, a Caucasian performer playing the role of the engineer, all the way to now about the um, misogyny of, of, of women and misrepresentation of Asian communities and not being authentic enough and choreography. We live in a, I think we live in a very woke uh, era now where a lot has happened in the past two years uh, where we have had to refocus and reevaluate diversity and inclusion and authenticity and, uh, and respect for cultures and instead of stereotypes um seeing uh seeing the world through the white lens and things that i've been reading about the controversies of miss saigon i <laughs> i cringe to say this might be the end of miss saigon for a long time yeah and i hate to say that because in my eyes miss saigon has provided and started and catapulted careers, Filipino careers, Korean careers, Japanese careers. All of my friends who are of different Asian ethnicities have lucrative careers because of Miss Saigon. And it's been nothing but a blessing. Um, And so I have a hard time seeing the negativity Mm -hmm. that surrounds the show. Um, 
the creatives being all white or the producers being all white and having all the money and, and, and the controversy surrounding the show has been, uh, has been exponentially, uh, I would say scrutinized over the past year. Um, that it just maybe in the future, if a production of Miss Saigon is directed by an Asian director, namely Vietnamese or done in a way that isn't with this proverbial white lens that people are talking about. Uh, it's just, it's, 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 it's a show that's filled with a lot of debate and controversy. And as much as I would wish to see it come back again so we could be employed and tell a story that I think pays respect to veterans, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't think we might, we're going to see Miss Saigon for a long time. What yeah. we might see is theatrical works and adaptations that are original. And, and the same thing goes with the King and I, um, I have a feeling that those classic Broadway shows that we all love so much that I love, uh, might take a, a back seat. Um, yeah. and then new works and adaptations and uh, actors of color being cast in roles that we're just going to see a whole mashup of diversity. I hope so. I, I hope, hope that that's yeah. where the career, where the industry's going. Yeah, uh, I, I bring that question up because I someone sent me a tweet about uh, Miss Saigon, and it was about how they think this. We have seen the end of. And it was funny you say that Miss Saigon and the King and I. They said I think this was uh, that was the end of the run. We've seen it, uh, but it's reached the end of its life because of what you know. All this that's uh, people are seeing uh, talking about this now. So it's very different. Um, and if it was to come back, it will be a very long time, which is you know uh, unfortunate. But at the same, I I understand. I, I, I doing research. I understand where this is all coming from i see it and i respect why they're going to make this decision um but you know it's it's very it's sad for you know the those who have you know that connection to the show or you know anything like that but as you said we're living in a time as uh where the theater world is going to change uh and uh for the better, a lot of it will change. A lot of those classic musicals will be something, you know, where you're just like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. We can't, we don't see those anymore because of the subjects or just in general, the way they were originally done and it's just not around. Um, but I thought there was something I really wanted to talk about was how uh, receiving that um, tweet, and it was a tweet from uh, the actress who played Kim on Broadway. Uh, uh, and, and she said that she loved her time with the show, but she in, in some ways regrets doing it now, thinking back as to what was going on. That's not an exact quote. Uh, that's me paraphrasing, but uh, it was just her talking about how that was who just. Was it? Who was it? I admire uh, so many kids on Broadway. Do you, who, do you know who um, was? Uh, what Twitter? is her first name? Um, uh, was it, She played Kim in the most recent revival. Uh, um, is her name Eva? I believe that's her name. She Eva was, she, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she, I don't know if okay. she wrote. Yeah, but yeah, that was her saying that I I loved the experience. It made me 
it got me to where I am as a performer, but it's yeah. time that that goes away. Um, and I thought that was, you know, I, one, I, I respected that so much that she said that she said, this is what gave me my shot and what opened the door for me. But looking back now, I see what's wrong with this piece and what needs to happen. Um, and you know, it's, it's, I, I, the amount of respect I have for her I, before and then now was just my hats off to her for saying that, you know, being so open about how this show is a very important show to her, but there's going to be a but and how we need to go from here for, with that show. And I just thought that was a very moving yeah. thing. Uh, and if I find it, I'll send it to you. Um, but I'm a, huge, uh, I'm a huge fan of her as well. I have I've met her maybe twice in, in past. I've met her twice in London, in London and in New York, just in passing uh, at the stage door. And um, I, yeah, I admire. I'm a big fan, big fan of her. I, I, am, I yes, she's someone I actually I really want to go see. Uh, I know she's in Hades Town, uh, or she was when that was on Broadway. So uh, you know, that's one of the shows I'd love to love to see. Um, now, well, I, now I, she's filming a movie. Oh, uh, she with is all Filipino cast in Canada, I believe. She's filming a Filipino movie. All uh, produced by an American company, starring Joe Coy and um, and, oh. and other and and um, Melody Butui, uh, a Filipina actress in L.A. And she's in she's filming a movie called Easter Sunday. I can't I wait saw, for this movie. I saw Joe Coy uh, uh, mention that on his one of his social medias. Um, yeah. Who, as a side note, let me just say when I discovered his comedy on I think it was YouTube years ago. But thinking, yeah. wow, this is this is gold and phenomenal, yeah. uh, which ties me into yeah. something that it, I have it as a question, but it's something I noticed when I started following you on on Instagram. I saw that you follow another uh, someone else who I was following, and uh, that was uh, uh, Jeppy, who does the Tita Che videos, um, which I am. My brothers and I will send them to one another. We just laugh. They're they're amazing, and um, following him on Instagram, he saw Miss Saigon not long or right before I saw it. Like I think it was a day or so before I saw it, and and I was like, wow, that's that's incredible. And you know, I had no idea he's also from the DMV area, um, and and just his videos alone, just you know, having a bad day, watch one of those. It's it's a good laugh, and it's very you know. Looking back at uh, everything, I just love it. I love his videos, love his work. Small world, Josh. Uh, you know how he was able to see the show. I'm such a huge fan of him that I reached to, reached out to him on Instagram, and I said, "We're going to be in town with Miss Saigon. Would you like me to get you tickets?" He saw that show because I got him tickets oh. in, at the Kennedy Center. <laughs> <laughs> I so, love that. He responded. I was so I was so happy he responded. He's like, "Yeah, I'm interested." I'm like, "Tickets will be waiting for you at the box office, dude." And so I met Jeppy uh, at for the first time at the box office, and he has many mutual friends in the show as well. But I'm like, "Yo, I hooked him up with some tickets." So um, he and he and I are friends as well on the Instagram, and um, he is amazing. Uh, I know you want. You probably want to know who my favorite character is that he does. Absolutely. That was my next question. So, yeah. 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 
I mean, I can't get enough of Tita Che. I mean, I watch Tita Che all the time. Um, Tita Che is so like many of my titas, and 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 he just does a great uh, uh, parody and, and imitation of Tita. It's just so spot on. Like I've never seen a comedian use that much to where it's like, wow, that is very accurate. Uh, yes, it's great. What I love is that Jeppy is not only doing it for the comedy. Jeppy speaks Tagalog, sings well, um, loves his family, um, and it's not. There's a difference between uh, telling a joke and making it and, and doing it at the expense of somebody. Or doing it because you love your culture so much, kind of like Joe Coy. Um, I just love Jeppy. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Jeppy, shout out to you, man. Yes, you're yeah. awesome. He's. I'm such a big fan, and I've been watching him since not long after he really started and went viral the first time. Uh, and I was like, wow, that's so cool. I love this. And you know, other other friends of mine were like, I don't understand. It's like, well, yeah, of course you're not going to understand it because it's something I can actually relate to when it comes to this comedy. Um, and same with Joe Coy, yes. who is someone I know he's getting ready to start another tour soon too. Uh, that's someone I, I will pay you know money to go and see uh, him live. I yeah. think that would just be an experience like like no other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to go back to so you performed at the Kennedy Center twice. Um, I, I want to talk about when you performed at the Kennedy Center with Miss Saigon. What was that like? The first, so when when you got the sh- uh, well, first let's let's actually go a little further back. How long was your audition process to get into this national tour? And then did you know what was going to go on? Did you know oh we're going to go DC, LA, all the big areas, or did you, did you have no idea? Did they not announce that when the show was cast? How does that usually uh, work? When the show was cast. We didn't know our, I mean, I would say when I was auditioning for the show, I knew it was a national tour. I just didn't know which cities it would go to, but knowing of the, knowing its caliber and it's being equity and being an equity, a union show, I knew that we would play venues such as Boston, DC, Chicago, the big cities, right? Because yeah. the first tour I did ages ago went to smaller venues like Lubbock, Texas, and um, Peoria, <laughs> Illinois, and uh, Galveston, Texas. So we we played cities that were uh, a smaller market. Um, my audition process for the tour, I would say I have to go back a few years because it all starts with trying to get into the London production of the revival. I auditioned for that. I auditioned for the Broadway revival in um, 2000, uh, the 2015. Mm -hmm. And then let's just say I was, I've auditioned twice for the London production once for the Broadway production and all three times I didn't get it. And it was heartbreaking. It so heartbreaking that I was ready to give up the, give up the business. Wow. Um, and and because I, I tried so I've done I've done the show and it was all part of my soul and my heart and I felt like I wasn't just something wasn't lining up whether it was I had a bad audition day or maybe the casting director had a bad stomach 
or there's just so many factors that come into sure. being yeah. exactly right for the role. Maybe not having any Broadway credits. That is something that I just, it was, it was daunting and it, and it, and it burnt me out. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until Miss Saigon decided to become a national tour. The casting directors reached out to me again via email saying, are you available? And are you interested in auditioning? And I'm like, I've auditioned for you for three straight years. Like, what else do you want from me? <laughs> um, uh, so I did. I went back into the grind and I auditioned. And um, long story short, um, I got it in, in 2018 um, and, and performing at the Kennedy Center. So I didn't, as I told you before, I didn't book Broadway, right? Mm-hmm. So being on Broadway is everyone's dream to be in New York City and, and perform on Broadway. But before I went on as the engineer in the Kennedy Center, I uh, we had an energy circle with the whole cast, and I wanted to assemble everybody together. And I, it might be one of the performances you saw, but before the curtain goes up, we all have an energy circle, and I I, I wanted to get everybody together to tell them something. And I said, guys, I don't know. You guys don't know how long I've tried to get in the show, but performing here at the Kennedy Center right now is my Broadway. And so like, I started crying before the opening. It, it's, it was Broadway to me. That's how much uh, performing at the Kennedy Center to me was a dream come true. And it was so high on my bucket list that my career in my head could have ended right there. And I'm okay with that. That's how much the Kennedy Center meant to me. Yeah. That is so beautiful. I <laughs> that's I can't think of any, you know, that's so true as someone growing up going to see shows at the Kennedy Center. Uh, you know, just knowing, oh, you can go to any theater in America and say, oh, I saw this or I know of the Kennedy Center. It's a it's a theater that is well known. Uh it's one of the, just it's an icon in itself. And hearing that, you know, that I, I have, have never related to something more when someone says what it's like, you know, performing like, you know, I, this is my Broadway. Cause that's, uh, yeah, I, I can't even put it into words, but I think that is just the most beautiful thing I've ever heard when it comes to talking about, oh, I want to be on Broadway. Here's my Broadway here at the Kennedy Center. Did you grow up going to shows uh, at the Kennedy Center? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my mom and dad took me there um, to see multiple productions. Um, all the tours that come through, I've seen the Book of Mormon there. I saw Lion King there. I saw, uh, I, I've seen so many shows. Wicked. I saw Wicked there. Uh, and, and, and then when we were there, I think they were filming the Kennedy Center Honors, like mm-hmm. either the week after or the week before we were, we were performing. So it was just, and knowing that Lin-Manuel Miranda was going to be just, everybody was going to be on that stage filming the honors. Yeah. It was, it was so amazing. I've seen, I grew up with that theater. I grew up as that's the theater to be at, to see shows. Um, the, uh, what it symbolizes that building is a living memorial to John F. Kennedy. It's, it's a, that's a dream come true. And by being kind of bludgeoned down by the audition process of Miss Saigon, finally getting to perform on that stage with a cast and, and in a show that started my career, 
mm-hmm. it was a full circle moment for me. So it taught yeah. me, it taught me that Broadway, as great as it may be, um, happiness is not is not a location, right? It's it's where you are in life and and where you finally find your, yourself to be in a, in that moment. And the location doesn't matter. But the Kennedy Center was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's such a such a you know for any young actor or actors of any age of any any anyone who wants to perform growing up in this area, you go see shows at the Kennedy Center. I've seen since I was a kid, seen probably every at least one show that was there. That uh, I've only seen shows in the Opera House. I saw a, a concert in the concert hall, but I've only ever been into the Opera House. Um, but but it's funny when when shows announce their tour, I'll think of oh, which theater will this go into at the Kennedy Center? Is this a big opera house musical, or is this something that's going to go into the Eisenhower? Um, well, I apologize, my dogs are playing, um, so a little loud, but I'll. <laughs> I them at all. Great. Okay, um, now, so so you've done the show, and uh, have you worked with anyone that went on to do the Broadway show? Uh, of Miss Saigon, like in your first tour of 2000, you said 2002 when you did it? Uh, 2002. Guess who our engineer was? What? In 2002. Our engineer was John, John Briones. So John wow. John Briones was the engineer on, um, uh, they love Fetch, right? My dog loves Fetch. Too. Yeah, I just threw something at him and now they're quiet forever. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> um, John John Briones uh, is, the, is the man to the man uh, of the hour. He's amazing. He's the man to learn from. And he is the inspiration that kind of everything about him. I just love him so much. He went from being in the original production in 1989. Yeah. To, to, to reviving it 25 years later in London, then reviving it on Broadway. And that was his Broadway debut in New York. And, his career has, has taken off. Um, so he was our engineer and he was the, yeah, he's the only cast member from that show who made it all the way to the 2016 revival. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, um, it's, he's such an inspiration and seeing him now as he's getting more, um, he's in more projects that are seen by more people. Um, I remember years ago, I knew that he was in the Broadway production just from uh, videos and pictures. And I know that he was in the American crime story show with uh, the uh, Ryan. And I remember watching it one night and I was like, Oh my God, I know who that is. He, he's playing the engineer on Broadway. And my family's like, oh, what? I was like, this is a big thing for me. It doesn't matter. It's fine. But this is very cool. And then <laughs> last summer, seeing him in uh, Ratchet, uh, which was oh such a great show. Um, spoiler alert for those who may uh, not have watched it. It's been around long enough, so I don't care. <laughs> um, I, I was devastated when when he his character died. I, I had a feeling it was going to happen. I knew something was going to happen to him. Once they entered that hotel room and everything was going to shit, I was like, oh, something's going to happen. And uh, well, I wasn't ready for that. Uh, but I thought, oh man, if they do a second season, he's not going to be in it anymore or, you know, but such a big fan. And that's so cool that you got to see him go from, 
doing a not was you said it was non-equity when you worked with him yeah it was wow it was and that's a whole like another podcast as well to talk about um a lot of tours are going on equity for financial reasons yeah and during that time during that time he um he took some time off so you write a letter to the union saying can i take do this job and they offer what they called a concession back at that time for him to do it he had his family to support and he had um uh, a, an industry a profession to 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 uphold um and at that time they gave him a concession to do it uh, as a non-equity production um they don't give a lot of concessions anymore um the union doesn't uh but yeah i i will give credit where credit is due i learned from him i learned i was his understudy so i studied him to the t wow and and i was given the opportunity to watch a master at his craft and i just was like okay let's 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 uh learn the engineer from this guy right. and so I, I learned from him yes i did and he's phenomenal i i wish i had the chance to see him on broadway hopefully he comes back with something else in a few years uh he is a a phenomenal performer and looks like he seems like he is the nicest of people you can imagine um yes and I actually I saw, so when Hamilton was here in DC, however many years ago, it was the first time it came to DC. His daughter, his daughter, was, uh, I was, come on, she was on because I know that she was an I think she was an understudy at the time, and I remember my aunt who yeah. had seen Miss Saigon goes, oh that's funny, this was the last name of the actor playing the engineer, and then we did the same thing I did before I saw your show, did a little research, and I was like, oh my god, that is that wow, that's so crazy. And again, I follow him on Instagram and I saw him post, oh, I'm at the show. My daughter is performing. And uh, I, I texted my, my, my aunt and I said, well, damn, he could have been in there. We, I'm not like, it's the Kennedy Center. It's a very hard place to go find someone. Uh, but, but I just thought that was so neat seeing his daughter in, uh, in the show. And she was uh, phenomenal. Um, so that's such, it was such a treat. Um, but he's he's a great actor, and I can't wait to see like what else uh, he 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 has coming up, and I'm sure we'll see a lot of them. And I hope to see yeah, not- yeah, yeah. Him and his whole family is is like a force to be reckoned with. Like his entire family is just a, a pool of talent. I mean, her, now his his daughter's on the Picard series on on, on ABC and CBS. Um, uh, she's a full-time television star. Um, I think their son, uh, Teo is, is, has a show coming up nice. filming in, in Canada. Um, but John Jones performance might be available to you on the internet. Um, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. On the uh, Broadway it's, HD. It's, yeah. Broadway HD. And it was, yeah. so I saw that after I saw you perform. Uh, mm. so, so, you know. Anyway, but uh, uh, <laughs> I, I I was like, hmm, okay, um, but but you know, I much respect to him. Loved his performance, but you know, you're the, in my mind and forever, uh, you will be the actor I saw as the engineer twice, uh, and and you know, it just yeah, all the respect to him. Loved his performance. Was he was hilarious, and you know, 
it, it was very different. It was nice, you know, seeing completely different. And even with you, I'll say this is uh, both times I saw you, they, none of them were the exact same. It was very different, very different, uh, just energy. And, and it was just finding different things. And I thought, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty damn good. Like, you know, I, I just laughed at things that you did. Uh, I may not have laughed the first time, but I did the second time and vice versa. Uh, and it, it was just, wow. So uh, at, at the end of the day, I just want you to know, I, it, such a big fan uh, and seeing Miss Saigon, you know, uh, getting the chance to see you in the show was phenomenal. Uh, and before we wind down, I, I want to add, I remember uh, following the Miss Saigon uh, Instagram page and there were like takeovers and there were all that stuff. I remember seeing uh, you and one where you had played the engineer one day and you were playing another role the next day where it was the matinee or something. Uh, can you talk a bit about that? And you, I remember watching this video of you uh, in the dressing room or something and you were shaving because you had to go play uh, uh, Tui. Can you talk about that role? Or not that role, but that how that happened where you went from, I'm playing the engineer tonight and then I get a call. Oh, I got to you know, get rid of all the facial hair. going to be someone completely different in the show. Um, can you talk about that? I love moments like this in theater because I get to explore different parts of myself that I can like stretch myself and, and try to try to play completely different roles. I just love that challenge. I love playing different characters, different roles. And when I was offered the engineer alternate plus two cover, which is means two E understudy mm-hmm. on the same tour, I'm like, sign me up because this tour is going to be exciting. And then people in the cast started telling me, oh, you're going to go on. You're going to go on. And I'm like, no, I'm not. These principals are going to go on every day. They're not going to call out sick at all. Lo and behold, um, emergencies happen. Uh, R2E had a child on the way. Um, uh, sicknesses happen. Emergencies, injuries. Um, and so when I was told that, say, I, one performance, I was probably the engineer in the matinee. And then while I was eating dinner, I got a call from the stage manager saying, oh, you're ready for some Tui tonight? <laughs> and I know the roles. Um, I know the roles like the back of my hand. Like I love playing both roles and they're both very different. But just it just excites me to just shave it all off and transform into somebody else. And Tui, they call that the um, uh, couch couch potato roll, I guess, because he's only in the show for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then he something happens to him at the end of Act 1. Uh, I'm sure most people know. Sure. But yeah. um, <laughs> I just uh, – it's I it, it's, it takes me to a mental place of concentration that I that – I, it, it's I'm, – I'm a very like hyper kind of guy mm-hmm. naturally. So the engineer kind of fits better with my personality. But uh, doing Tui to me, uh, uh, playing the role of Tui to me is a challenge that I, I just love. I love that role now because I used to be intimidated by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time I get to go on as Tui, I get to practice vocal skills slash physicality and then mental process and characterization. Mm-hmm. So um, I love those moments where I get to do like the engineer at 
2 p.m. and then the two at like eight. And then I have a few more days to grow out the facial hair and then play engineer like four days later. Now, was that something that happened a lot where you would play – uh, not necessarily when you're playing your the role you would play every night when you weren't on for another care, uh, actor. But did that happen a lot where you would get a call like, oh, you're going to be on tonight for like, even if you were playing Tui, um, you were, you're going to be on as the engineer. Did that happen? Or was that more since you were the alternate, an understudy for the engineer would go on? A lot of, I was the alternate as the engineer once a week. So that performance was guaranteed. So in an instance where I played the played Tui on a Saturday mm-hmm. and I had to go on as engineer on a Sunday, I would be fresh faced, right? I would have just shaved. So I had a hair department. The hair department would stick on a fake mustache and a goatee <laughs> on me so that I could play the engineer. Um, not stick it on, actually. It was painted in with non-sweat paint. Um and it was stenciled in, uh, so I would have facial hair as the engineer. So mm-hmm. if I was playing Tui and had to go to engineer, I would have to paint my face. And if I had to go from engineer to Tui, I would have to shave Great. my face. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's crazy. But I just remember seeing that video thinking, wow, well, this, this guy is phenomenal going from two completely different roles and, you know, physically too. Uh, you know, with facial hair, none without, and then just you know the the craziness that comes with that role as well. Um, so we're we're winding down. I'm gonna let you go here soon, but uh, I live for moments like that. By the way, I just live for moments where I get to be cast in things that I would never imagine myself doing. Right. I love being I love being challenged, and that leads to my next question: Is there a show? <laughs> that you know you would love to do because it's maybe not something uh people would you would necessarily uh see you in but something that you really want to do is there a play or a series of plays or playwrights that you would like to uh, do their work because it's so different than what you've done so i feel like i get this question a lot and i'm sure a lot of people give the same answer but i'll join the bandwagon and say uh Hamilton is one of those Hamilton is one of those roles that I would just love to love to love to tackle as well. Um, Hamilton, but not only Hamilton, but be like the understudy to Aaron Burr or like Aaron Burr slash understudy to George Washington. Like I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for that all. You're phenomenal Aaron Burr. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> you have, I, I'll be there opening night. Just give me a call and uh, I'll, I'll be there. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, but when it comes to um, uh, actually in more of a bucket list, it Hamilton, because of the pandemic, my bucket list answer has changed. And it's changed from wanting to be in Hamilton to wanting to be in a role in a musical where I get to play a Filipino. Mm. So where I get to be Filipino and like celebrate my, uh, my culture and identity and my ancestry, uh, that is something I hope can happen in my lifetime. Um, whether it be here lies love or Imelda or an original work, um, 
But to finally play Filipino in a musical would be such a dream come true. I I hope that becomes a show, even if it's an. I know there are some out there, but an original piece um, that would just I I my heart would probably explode with that one. <laughs> Me too. Uh, Me too. And you know, I I am uh, I'm not a singer, but if there's a role that doesn't sing in it, you know, that one older person, wait a few years, I'll I'll uh, I'll send in my my tape for it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, before we end, officially end, there are a few things I do, and I always ask uh, a few questions. I call it the RQR, and it's the random question round. Um, yes. Uh, and of course, you have never seen these questions before. Uh, cough, cough, wink, wink. Um, so the first thing I want to ask is, what uh, do you have a favorite prop you use? You've used on stage before. Um, this is a three-part yes. question. Okay, okay. Favorite prop? Yes, Miss Saigon was that switchblade. It was nice to be able to use that. Um, it was a butterfly knife that I got to learn how to use proficiently and twirl it around and yeah, put it in my pocket. It was impressive. I was, I was like, Oh my God, that was so cause Just, just, you know, so chill about it. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's fun to use. I also love the cigar in American dream, mm-hmm. but um, the butterfly knife is just cool. I, I like that. I like uh, my second part of this question have, uh, have you ever taken any, uh, any of the props you use? Do you have any of the Miss Saigon props? Even though the show ended early, were you able to be like, "Hey, can I have have this?" On my first tour, the first Miss Saigon tour I ever did, they gave me my costumes. Really? So I have a red, I have an engineer red jacket, nice. and skin tight pants, and snakeskin shoes, and um, and white skin tight pants, and I've got like I can walk out into like a seventies recreation yeah. and like. Fit and, in. And this is so you they gave it to you at the end of the tour they were just like hey uh we don't need this or you know you can just have it we'll make another one yeah that, i mean that tour was ending so they were like they were like here take it it's yours it only fits you and this tour is ending so take this um they gave me my cost they let me have my understudy costumes for the first tour for this tour i was unable to take anything uh for this one for the most recent one if if that, you could have, what would you have? Is there anything you might have uh, tried to red jacket? I would have wanted another my updated red. I would love yeah. to take that red jacket to see how much I've either grown into it. Or, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the red jacket because the older, older one's really tattered right now. Hmm. You know, is it like in a big glass box in a room somewhere? Is that uh, is that where this this no right there in my closet? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, now. The third part of this question is I was going to ask about the cigar. Did you have an indi- – like this was your cigar for your performances? How does that work? And I'm sure however that works, if it was n- uh, not how I think it uh, – how your answer is going to go, I'm sure in the post-pandemic world this will change uh, heavily. But how did that work? Did you I'm have glad- your own? I'm glad you said that because we would ta- – the CDC would probably fine us for how many props were used – over and over again. No, I'll be honest with you. We didn't have our individual cigars. Some cigars actually got mixed up in other cigars, like the the role the guy who played John mm-hmm. had used the cigar as well. And sometimes his cigar would get mixed up in my prop basket. And 
my cigar would get mixed up in his. So, oh, the CDC would have a heyday. <laughs> the CDC would invade that production and close it down because we were all smoking uh, electric, electronic fake yeah. cigarettes. Uh, and they were all being passed around by different hands. Sure, that's whew, yeah. interesting. Yeah, uh, it was. That, that yeah. was one thing that you know. I you know personally, I'm a big cigar smoker myself. Uh, I enjoyed <laughs> it. So, so that was when I was like, huh. If I was ever to do a show like this, that would be the first thing. I'd go, oh, it's great. Thanks so much for. We, I loved being a part of the show and just bye. Uh, you know, uh, but I, I've always wondered if that's how that worked. If you had, okay, here is your cigar, and then here is your cigar. This is the prop masters will know exactly who's is who's. But now, you know that uh, that's that's really interesting how you said that's not how that works. Oh, you do have to remember that we thought that we were going to come back in two weeks uh, <laughs> when we were released in March fifteenth. Sure. We we were led to believe that it could return, that the production could resume back in. Um, Toronto, um, uh, but alas, we couldn't really take anything. We were given the time to. Um, I would have stolen some shoes too, <laughs> like those shoes. <laughs> I mean, that's just iconic. Anything from that show would have just. And now, I guess it's what all in some warehouse somewhere, just sitting in New Jersey. Uh, yeah, yes. that, that big, that big, oh, big actually, warehouse, Maryland. The net, the, the the production company that toured us, uh, they're called Networks, and they operate out of okay. Columbia, Maryland. Oh, I didn't and know they were based in Maryland. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And they have a they have a parking lot. I think a uh, parking lot space where all of their trailers are, and I think the Miss Saigon entire set, the helicopter. Yeah. I think the I think the costumes, the sets, everything are in. A parking lot somewhere in Columbia, Maryland. Mm, I might have so. to drive by someday. Uh, 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 no intention to do anything. Just some pictures, you know. Um, yeah. And so, so those are my questions. Um, but I, I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, my, my glass is nearly empty, but I'm going to say cheers uh, to you cheers. for this phenomenal conversation. You're, you're an inspiration. Uh, I, I loved this. I'm so glad. I got a hold of you on Instagram, which was just a, I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. Um, just sending you that message. I thought, well, this is bold. I'm going to try it. But, uh, and you responded and you've been so sweet and kind about doing this. And as a young uh, theater teacher, as a, someone who, you know, studied acting theater and my love for Miss Saigon and the Asian heritage, Filipino heritage, it just, I really look up to you and I, I, I can't thank you enough for this. I really, oh, really I appreciate it much and thank you for being bold thank you for being bold and thank you for being inquisitive and having great questions and being inspired by the industry as well it's 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 a it it gives me energy to keep going and and, and I, I i hope and hope i get to see you um perform in dc or, or maryland or virginia or wherever i don't care i i just i hope i know i i i know you'll get back to work here soon um, and I, I, I can't wait to uh, get a ticket to see you uh, back in person again. Um, and now the last thing I'm going to ask is if you could sum up uh, your time with Miss Saigon from 2002 non-equity to all the productions you've done to March of 2020, what what's a word that you would uh, use to describe Miss Saigon? 
or a sentence or what it means to you in a sentence? Uh, one word? It can be one fulfilling. word. Fulfilling. Okay. Yeah, one word would be fulfilling. In a sentence, it would be, I'm so glad Miss Saigon exists in this world so that I can figure out that I'm worthy. I don't, that's, I love that's, it. I love that's it. That's it. Thank you so much, Amar. Thank you for joining me on the somewhat happy hour. And this was not a somewhat happy hour. It was a very happy hour. So uh, thank you so, so much. You're, thank you so much. Take care. And let's get dressed. It's somewhat happy.